The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. Today, we're talking to Dr. Marcia Nelson, Chief Medical Officer at Enlo Medical Center in Chico, California, about how her organization's culture changed dramatically with the restoration of its physician lounge. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Nelson, thanks so much for joining us today. I am always fascinated when I read a lot about systemic improvements that lead to you know, improvements in wellness. Uh, simple things you might not think about. This physician lounge one is one I read uh, in, in, in the work from the AMA. And I'm eager to talk to you more about what impact it had. Why don't you start first by telling us what was it like before you made these changes? So picture this, a 550 square foot uh, room, dark, poor lighting, even in a dark room in the basement, cramped, maybe about 15 chairs and some mediocre food. That was the doctor's lounge. It was not inviting. It was not a place that, that promoted people coming together and connecting. Yes, that doesn't sound uh, very appetizing, uh, literally or figuratively. Um, and uh, speaking of appetizing, it's interesting because, you know, the renovation process kind of really got kicked off uh, because of food quality. Um, you know, can you talk more about, you know, sometimes things start in a funny place and then end up differently? Yeah, so Enlo is a Plain Tree affiliate, and part of being a Plain Tree affiliate means that we have a patient uh, family advisory council. The patients on that, on that group told us the food wasn't great. So we went about looking for a new uh, food service provider. Well, we selected the one that we have currently and part of their business model is to put a chef in the doctor's lounge. And that really just triggered all the different possibilities. We had already been thinking about expanding the physician lounge space, but that really was the icing on the cake. Um, so that's very interesting. Chef in, in the lounge itself, that's kind of a big change um, because I think, you know, I've read a lot about how physician lounges have been eliminated uh, because uh, or they've been kind of relegated to the space where physicians sit alone and do paperwork. How I mean, obviously, you're approaching the design of this very differently. Um, how how did you think about it as a place to foster connection instead? Well, as I saw the original physician lounge contract from a place that was a place, a, a site to eat and a site to have um, quiet meetings, a library. We lost the library space, just had the dismal little 550 square foot space. And I saw the toll that that took on physicians' relationships. People didn't talk the same way. They didn't relate the same way. They didn't share those small bits of their lives with their colleagues that really drives satisfaction in the workplace. And so when we were thinking about a newer site, the, really the biggest reason to, in the design was to have a place where physicians could connect. It, was, it's, it doesn't have an ROI, but it was a place to connect and a place that would drive better medical care because the physicians would be working with colleagues again. I'm curious what uh, you know you were trying to channel when you think about going on your image from this, you know, on one wing you have like Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, lively place. On the other end you have 
a quiet library. Where, where were you imagining this? We had to have a place that was lively. That was the eating area. And um, that was, that's also a place where we have a physician um, art exhibit that rotates about every year. It's also a place where people sign out. Um, we have um, TVs muted um, in the background, but we also have OR schedules. But right adjacent through, through a door is a little bit smaller space that has couches, recliners, um, has computer stations. It has a more private room where you can do peer review, you know, do the peer review um, charts, not the actual meeting. So it, there's two different spaces because docs need to have a place where they can be off stage, but off stage and quiet just to recharge. I like that. I mean, we would call these kind of use cases. It's obviously you kind of thought through how it was going to be used in terms of the space and then kind of built that in the design. You know, who uses it now and how, how are they using it? Interestingly, I think one of the biggest decisions was answering who was going to use it because it's called a physician's lounge or a doctor's lounge, but it's for physicians and APPs. And that was one of the, the big decisions that had to be made early on is who got access with their badge. And, you know, in the old days, when I started my practice in the 80s, it was all about physicians, but now the clinical team it, an integral part of the clinical team is the APPs. And so I worked with medical staff leadership. We agreed that that was, that APPs needed to have access. That was a little bit of a difficult um, discussion though with HR because it's free food in the doctor's lounge. We still have free food. And so the APPs also have free food in the doctor's lounge, but not going through the cafeteria line because of perceived inequities, but when they're in the doctor's lounge, they're part of the physician care team. So the APPs have access, um, doctors who work in the community who are on the medical staff have access, all the active docs here have access to the lounge. So you've got you know this chef in there and you've got a team environment. It's kind of like Google, but for doctors, I really like this. What about outside of mealtimes? What, what's kind of the activity looking like there? People come in and just um, do quiet work. There's stacks of, of JAMA, New England Journal in there for them to look at. I see people just checking their phones, just chilling, sitting back in the recliners, talking in small groups. Um, also, we have pre-COVID, we were doing pop-up noon lectures and just having, you know, using the computer screens and physicians would show interesting cases and talk about care, we would put, give CME for those. So I'm curious, did you, you know, when you entered into this uh, renovation process, did you have your eye on kind of uh, that you were gonna see substantial changes in terms of culture and, you know, to really identify benefits? Well, I knew that from my reading and from courses I had been to that promoting community will have a positive impact on culture. You know, a New England Journal article with Rosenthal and Bergesi talked about bringing the importance of bringing physicians together to have that community so that you could have a full relationship with your colleagues and that improves care and it also improves satisfaction. And also I learned about commensality from Chris Sinsky of the, of, of the AMA at a, a 
chief wellness officer course. And all of this just told me that we were going the right direction, bringing people together so that they could create relationships that would, that would be satisfying on a, human on a human scale and also a professional scale. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. You mentioned uh, Dr. Krasinski at the AMA, and that's the first place uh, from her work that I had read about the importance of a physician lounge uh, as an ingredient uh, in, in the system-wide approach to addressing burnout. Have you, have you seen uh, this have an impact on burnout? Yeah, we, we have been measuring engagement and burnout with the Gallup organization since 2009. The first time we added a burnout question was 2017, and the medical staff's overall burnout percent, percentage was 48%. It's kind of pathetic that that's a good score, but that was just a little bit below um, Medscape's overall physician burnout, so it's like, okay, not too bad. But right after 2017, we had the devastating campfire that destroyed a town up the hill. We had we were the epicenter of a measles outbreak. We evacuated a town south of us because the Oroville Dam was threatening to breach. I mean, we we had it all, and a flood also, so of almost biblical proportions. We measured engagement again, and and well, engagement in 2017 was at the 85th percentile. So we measured engagement and burnout again in 2020 right at the tail end of a cyber attack. And our engagement was 80, at the 87th percentile, but burnout had gone down to the 37%. And that to me was just, that to me was just wild. That's with, with all of the challenges, and this was pre-COVID, with all of the challenges going on, physicians could still feel um, supported and fulfilled and less burned out than their colleagues across the country. And when I did an art article, uh, when I published an article asking physician leaders from all the different departments that sit on MEC, they identified coming together in the physician lounge as one of those positive things. You know, that does say a lot because, you know, this is not a necessarily, quote, revenue generating space. And I have to imagine the trend is not toward uh, necessarily uh, increasing that kind of space. So it must have sent a pretty strong message to uh, the physicians and the care teams, did it? Yeah, it, it did send us a strong message. Um, and that I, large, I largely credit our CEO with that because he understood the importance of community and of, of attending to physician wellness and let me and the physician leaders run with that and help design the space. He also deferred the upgrading of a of a pretty antiquated um, C-suite until the position lounge was finished. And that again shows, that again shows a message about what the priority of physician wellness is. You obviously had a little bit of a wrench thrown into this with, of course, the pandemic. Did this change the nature, obviously, of how the space was used? Yes. Um, when 
I, I mean, I remember March 16th, 2020, like it was yesterday. That's when things officially kicked off here at in California at Enlo with regard to the pandemic. And my number one priority was to keep the doctor's lounge open because I knew that it, there had to be a place where doctors could come and just feel whatever they were gonna feel and get information. So that was my number one priority, keep it from being a super spreader space. And we haven't had any cases attributed to, um, to people congregating in the doctor's lounge. We did remove about half the seats, but we transformed it um, in just in the course of one day. I started doing uh, 12 o'clock on the dot um, verbal presentations about what was going on with COVID. I started sending out emails through constant contact to everybody on the medical staff that were shared with the board and the rest of the hospital about what we were doing with, with COVID. People would come with their masks on, kind of standing room only though. It, be, it became the hub. It became the hub for sharing information and diffusing the fear, diffusing the fear of what was going on. If I knew something, my doctors were going to know it. That really is an important element. I mean, burnout has been, you know, uh, so enormous uh, during this this uh, the pandemic, and to have the space in place uh, must have been really important. You've also been utilizing the space uh, with kind of programming, I guess I would call it, that has an, uh, a wellness focus. Has that made a big difference as well? Well, we have we have for a couple. Of since the inception of the lounge, we started doing our annual uh, flu shots and then um, tuberculosis, either the PPDs or the screening questions every um, October to November. But now we're offering COVID boosters. We just wanna make it easy. We wanna make it easy for doctors. So there's really one-stop one shopping for them. They don't have to go out of their way. It doesn't add anything um, to the burden of a day. It's easy. And we have candy for them. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. What about your kind of three things? Uh, I, I call that program the kind of content. Oh, right. Yeah. I have really been looking for ways to try to um, encourage the, my, the physician wellness here. And when I was at the chief wellness officer training through Stanford, uh, Dr. Mickey Trockel introduced this, the research that was done on the practice of gratitude. And so um, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce that in my COVID updates. In the midst of all of this turmoil for COVID, there's still some good. There has to be something that we're great, grateful for. So every Friday, um, I have three things and I share three things I'm, thankful, I'm grateful for. Two of them always have to do with the hospital, but one of them always is personal because I wanna show the humanity. It's not all about business. It's not all about me as a doctor or the organization. And so I have been so 
happy to see the response. I've had board member, board of trustee members send me photographs of gratitude walls in Denver that they saw when they were on a vacation. I've had colleagues of mine send me things, send me um, their own personal three things list. And I even, one, one week I wrote that I was um, grateful for this great cashmere yarn I was working with. And then one of my colleagues brought me some cashmere yarn. You know, so it's, I know that people are listening and thinking about it. And I, because in the midst of all the difficulties, we're still human, we're still human. And being great, have, nurturing gratitude will make it easier to get through the hard times. So when you think about uh, that, and I, I'd say maybe things just folks aren't thinking about designing in uh, to a facility, what's your advice to other hospital administrators who would uh, you know, like to reestablish a physician line or upgrade it the way that you did? Are there any kind of tips uh, in terms of getting buy-in that you'd suggest? Well, I would suggest that you won't have any trouble getting buy-in because physicians, part of our culture is, is talking together, um, getting curbside consults, um, just being together and also having a place to be off stage. It's so important that, and it, it really is beneficial to have a place for these, for physicians and APPs to be together and just recharge. So number one, I would say prioritize it. Number two, work with your medical staff leadership because our physicians help design it. We, at one point, boy, we've been through, I think three different iterations of where we were, we were gonna put the lounge and settled on the basement still, but with skylight panels and um, also they helped design the area. Once we, we launched it with a lot more um, couches and seating in the library area, but they said, no, we want to be able to work in peace and not up on the floors. So we added computers, took out a few couches. So prioritize it, know that it makes a difference, and then work with your medical, medical staff leaders. Nobody's going to say no to a good physician. Well, Dr. Nelson, thank you so much for, for sharing that uh, about how a physician lounge can be important uh, in the overall system's efforts to improve wellness and morale. It sounds like it's been a really important uh, place for, for all of your physicians and the care teams. Um, that wraps up our episode today. Dr. Nelson, thanks again. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another Moving Medicine video and podcast shortly. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the AMA's YouTube channel or Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Find all of our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Take care. This has been Moving Medicine, a podcast by the American Medical Association. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts 